Hello and welcome to Mothers Matter, the podcast which takes a good look at why mothers matter so much to their children, why mothers matter in society and what matters to mothers themselves. Today I'm talking to Ronnie Cloak-Brown about career breaks. This is time we spend away from our paid work to look at, raise our family or possibly to look after elderly or sick relatives. We're going to be discussing how we can make the most of that time, not only enjoying our time with our family, but also preparing ourselves to re-enter the world of work. Because for many people, we bring up children for 10, 20 years, and then we go back into the workplace. So really that time can be packaged as a career break. And we also look at uh, what we need to do to prepare ourselves to re-enter the world of work with lots of tips along the way. I hope you enjoy it. Well, Ronnie, thank you for meeting with me today. And you are the founder of Career Break People. Uh, can yes. you tell me, tell us all a bit about that, why you set it up, what you do with it? Well, thank you very much for talking to me, Claire, today. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a long career break. I've got three boys. And in about 2014, 2015, return ships were brought over from the States. They'd been started by Goldman Sachs in about 2008, 2009 um, as a mechanism for companies to encourage people back and introduce them back into the workplace after a long break, which is an absolutely fantastic initiative and great it was being brought in. But I felt very strongly that there wasn't enough emphasis being given to the career break itself. And so at points it was almost being dismissed and really everybody should be back in the workplace. So I founded Career Break People to give more importance or to help people understand the real benefits to society and to the workplace in additional non-technical skills that people develop on a break. And Career Break helps people right from the beginning when they might be thinking about starting their break, planning their break, um, going on maternity leave. Uh, At that point, they might not be planning to take an extended break. Some people will know they were going to do that. Um, And then throughout the break, we provide tools and resources to help people keep up their confidence and their knowledge. So we designed, um, or I designed Pondero Pilates for the Mind, which is a talk series, um, a local talk series with small groups on a whole range of topics. Some will be technical, um, like energy, climate change, digital skills, which we can talk about later. Some will be psychological, some will be managing anger. So it's a whole range of skills um, that it will give people that they can take away with them. And we produced a personal skills toolkit so that you can track what skills you're developing, understand how what you've done in your life really is valuable and not dismissed. Um, And then when you want and ready to return to work, we'll run workshops to help people return or start their own business. We run a Focus Accelerate Succeed workshop for that, planning around um, term time working as well. So it's really looking at the whole break itself rather than that just the single return to work point focus. And so do you think it's uh, about keeping your skills up for your own sanity or or sort of repackaging the time you've had off so when you're going back to work you're talking the same language as the people you're trying to get a job from? I think it um, is a mixture of everything actually um, to keep your own sanity. So I'm sure I'm not alone in when you've been to a dinner party and somebody asks you what you do and you say you're a a mother, stay at home, to have somebody physically turn their back on you. And that's not unusual and it's happened to me a number of times. Mm. But if you then at that point said, well, I'm a mother and I stay at home, but let me tell you about the talk on decommissioning Russian nuclear submarines that I was at this morning Mm. and the politics around that, it gives you something else, another tool to your bow. Um, A mother of teenage children, who sons who came to the talk said well actually it shows them I have a working brain (laughs) as well as looking after them at home Um, it is a way of repackaging the skills that you or perhaps recognizing the skills that you have so I know some HR professionals despair when they hear people say I'm just a housewife Mm -hmm. or I'm just returning to work but actually you've been managing budgets managing conflict learning about empathy which the workplace is desperately short of we hear these days um 
also external factors so you've got to manage schedules building projects perhaps you've done that so there's a whole raft of skills mm -hmm. if you've traveled internationally that's another piece to your bow um, that people just don't recognize and actually it's training that corporations are getting for free really mm -hmm. if you think about it in that in that yes. respect. Do people, when they, have you got experience of people going back to work and presenting their time off, their career break in a certain way which helps the recruiter recruit them? Well, it's so. better to present it as a skill set mm -hmm. rather than what perhaps 20, 10, 20 years ago people would present a linear career line because careers are not linear these mm. days they're very um, flexible very diverse it's not unusual to change a career from one direction to another so if you and also um, individual CVs for an individual job as well mm. rather than sending out one CV to 10 jobs you would need to tailor it for each each job and so then if you are tailoring your skill set within that it's much more helpful for employers to understand so in the meantime, you're talking. You talk about doing a skill set audit as you're when you're at home. Is that how how does that work? Is that in terms of do you keep a log of I was chair of the PTA and therefore this is involved management organisation? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. No. That's right. Or you might want to say um, I want to improve my organisational skills. How would I do that? Mm. And then it might be, oh, well, there's some opportunities at the school to, to do that. I was actually heavily involved in the, the School uh, Parents Association. But interestingly, I was asked, it wasn't something I looked to do. Mm. And then I ended up doing an awful lot. This would be too much. But uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, or you might say, well, I want to learn a new language. How would I do that? Or... Um, when I return to work, I'd like to get back more into doing some research. So perhaps you read around a different subject or a lot of people become more interested in psychology because if you're mm -hmm. uh, raising children, effectively you're growing a brain. Mm -hmm. So if you said I was in a lab growing a brain, people would think, well, that's a fantastic job. If you say I'm at home with children, mm -hmm. it doesn't quite have the same reception, but actually what's the difference? Yes, yes. Um, but yes, it is. It is a tailored um, looking down what skill set you might like to have, understanding what skill set you have at the point you leave work. So writing it down, because in five years, two years, six months, it's very difficult to remember what exactly you were doing. If you are nearly chartered, if you're an engineer or an accountant or something, before you stop, make sure you get that chartership, because it's much harder to do that mm. at your point of return. Um, a lecturer once said to me that she wished she had sat down and thought, well, actually, I need to plan to have some time to get back into the subject before I start teaching. Mm. So if you can think ahead a little bit in the, it might change. Well, it probably will change. Everything <laughs> changes and just yeah. be prepared that it's all flexible. But if you have a plan, it's a help. It's a starting point. Yes. From which to grow on. One thing with a career break or having time off to look after children, both things, is, is it, it, as you said, it gives you a chance to explore different interests. And I'm doing bits of work here and there, which are in different places to where I was when I finished work before. And you can, it gives you the opportunity to, uh, as you said, develop an interest in psychology or anything like that you might find as you're at home that actually you get involved with something voluntarily and then that leads to something else and leads to something else. Yes, yes, that's not uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or I know a psychologist who's done a lot of volunteering work at Naomi House, which is a local oh, yes. hospice, for example. Yes. Um, so they, they use some sets, but they don't uh, like to be constrained in a paid environment. So they're mm. working and volunteering on, on their own terms. Well, I think uh, what you said about a paid environment is really interesting because you can do, as someone who's prepared not to be paid because your focus is on being available for the children, yeah. you can do some quite high level work, you know, like chairing a PTA or the, the managing a summer fair actually involves a lot of skills. Yes. Or even anything, if you're prepared to do something as a volunteer, people will give you all sorts of jobs <laughs> that uh, that you wouldn't necessarily yes. get as a paid person. Yes, that's right. And you're not interviewed for no. those jobs as well. So uh, Other than, uh, are you available to do it? And yes. will you do it? And they say yes. Yes, and people's <laughs> different motivations. So a lot of the motivation behind... Um, so I think it is absolutely excellent that there are returnships, there are supported hiring programmes that, that come in. The government has got a budget for returners' budget. So if you wanted to approach an organisation and they don't offer a returnship or a way, uh, they can seek out funding oh. to help them establish that. And there are guidelines 
from the government to help them do that. But you need that inner confidence mm. uh, to to ask the question in the in the first place. And I would say really understand your motivations and why you're there and what you can offer. There is a, a huge amount that happens in the voluntary sector, just running PTAs. I think one thing you said earlier is that uh, in terms of you were asked to do something, get involved, and you hadn't thought of doing it, that I found the most important thing was to... Uh, ask to identify skills within the other mothers and invite them to come on board and do jobs because quite a lot of mothers in particular when they give up work also lose a bit of confidence and they think they yes. can't do it and, yes. if, and if you have to sit around waiting for someone to volunteer they won't but if you go to yeah. someone and say please could you run and if you chunk it into small amounts of chunks so can you do the raffle tickets or yes. <laughs> can you do yes. the tombola yeah. people are much more likely to say yes than if you say will anyone do the tombola yeah. or they're too scared to do that in fact that's a conversation I had with someone just the other day so it's fabulous that there will be dads also on a career break Mm. etc but when they come into a volunteer they often come in very um this is the goal focused mm. but the the groups have a huge other purpose which is to do that and instill confidence and build those people's confidence up again really mm. that they would have had before and i think when um, you've been managing volunteers it's uh it's sort of easier in a way to manage paid people because paid people have to be there mm. whereas volunteers they they're already giving you their time so you're constantly in debt Yes. To everyone. <laughs> yes. Even if you're also volunteering, if you're the chair or running something, someone can at any minute turn around and say, my child's sick, I'm not turning yes. up. Well, if they're paid and they're at work, you say, I can manage a team. This is, this is no yes. problem. You know, well, the workplaces need to be more flexible and they're starting to be more flexible mm. in recognition. And I think people can negotiate that more in their jobs these days. Uh, so you're saying so it's actually quite do. tricky to manage paid people because well it could possibly <laughs> more to but be you know that there are other so yeah. if people look for things like organizations like 10 to 2 which is a recruitment okay. organization that focuses on jobs within a school day mm. and and so you would hope that people who've advertised and recruited through them have more yes. of an understanding is about the, managing children is that the school um, day and the school holiday so not in school holidays uh that <laughs> extent i'm not sure okay but, uh, yeah but what the point I was going to make about uh, volunteering earlier was that the, there is a lot of justification in, in contributions to GDP mm. for people returning to work. However, all the volunteer roles which are done for free actually have a value. And if you look at how many people volunteers, the amount of hours schools get, people mm. going in and reading, fundraising for schools for education. If you start taking those volunteers away, if you look at... Um, Loneliness within society, which was bolstered a lot by mothers who were on, on career breaks. Um, you know, now one of our ministers has a remit as a minister for loneliness. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at the value for caring for the elderly as well, because all these intergenerations mix. Um, village halls are closing, villages are break, communities are breaking up. What was the bedrock of that? Often it was people at home with children providing that basis for society. Um, so I think just to look at the financial implications to GDP without um, subtracting the costs to society and mental health, etc., somewhere there's missing a calculation in, mm. in the economic. So I like to think that what I'm trying to do has an economic basis to it, yes. albeit a different one. Um, yes. To to others. As well. Yes. If you were running a country, <laughs> and you had a group of a million people say, "I'm prepared to take time out and work for free in the community," you'd say, mm. "Thank you very much." And yes. it might cost you a little bit in terms of a ta loss of tax, but actually, it'll save you a lot of money in terms of how much you're going to have to pay to replace what I'm doing for yes. free. Yes. And what you see now as well is if you look at people who've carried on working full-time while their children are growing up, because that's the choice they've making, or often then choosing to retire early at 50, 55, or change career to a significantly lower paid one, so the, the benefit to GDP is lower. But on the converse, you're starting to see people, or you are seeing people who've taken a long break, go back to work in that 50s, early 50s year, and then working for 20 years in a highly commensurate role. Mm. Mm. So you've you've just it's just that non-linear career ladder or, or taking early retirement to yeah. travel is lauded and, and seen as very commendable. And that's a great thing to do. But if you say, well, actually, I took 10 years out to raise my children and I'm working now, that doesn't have the same respect in society at the moment. Mm. Mm. Um, 
Yes, it, it is interesting what people do after having children is seen as valuable but taking time out looking after children is seen as a loss that all the focus is getting on people back into work getting people back into work as soon as possible yes after having children rather than valuing the time they've they're having out yes and and i've uh, know people who've gone back to work when their children started school uh, thinking i've got this time and i'll go back to work and have actually stopped work once they've hit the teenage years <laughs> Big, and in fact somebody just said to me only this morning the teenage years are far harder work than they being at home with my small children ever were and this is a stay-at-home mother mm. who's uh, stayed the whole per- period and, uh, and was she saying why she felt that was a lot of uh, input into their personal development, being available. Mm. And they're always, teenagers always need you at your least available five minutes. So, you know, 90% of the time you might think I'm being redundant, but actually it's so valuable and they know the security that you are there, that they can come and talk to you mm. whenever they need that. They can see what's going on, on mm. in the school playground. Um, she said that they actually end up telling working parents more about what's going on that perhaps they wouldn't want their children to be involved in mm. um, than otherwise. So some someone's there. And we shouldn't forget, actually, that parents at home are relied on at times by working parents and, and not always expected. Mm. And I'll say that maybe in 80, 90% of cases. But I have been at a conference where a returner stood up and said, well, the first thing I did was make friends with the mothers at the school gate because I knew they would have to collect my children. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay-at-home mothers are not not relied on and mm. not, not needed <laughs> yes, by other yes. sections of society. Yes, yes, it's a, they're a resource there. I'm lucky that I have um, a few friends in a group. Well, they're my son's friend's parents <laughs> who yes. I've become friends with. And we are actually, the other two are very, everyone's very flexible and we help each other out. But they're working flexible time and, you know, making sure that they're available when needed. And that, that yes. makes a big difference, doesn't it? If you're, if you're there when your children need you, you can be working at other times, but then... After school, as you said, for teenagers, it's after school, in the evenings, all these times that you, you need to be available in case they, they need you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And what um, Erica Commissar was saying in, I think it's podcast number four about on mothers and guilt, but she was saying, talk about te- the teenage brain goes through such a big development that it's like a second naught to three almost it's so mm-hmm. plastic and elastic and the developments are massive and that is a time if you had to work when your children were tiny all is not lost because you they are developing again and if you're available there with the uh, unconditional love and the shoulder to cry on and so on then uh, that can make a massive difference at that age as well yes and I think the rise in flexible working is is good mm-hmm. um it can be quite isolated if you're working at home on your on your own. But there are a lot more hot desking opportunities, co-working hubs uh, to go out there um, and to do that and make sure that you're not isolated. And talking about the guilt. So I found in setting up career break people and in working the times where I've been working in the centre of the house, I couldn't switch off from one or the other. So you're either thinking, oh, I need to be doing this piece of work, but I've got to cook supper, or um, I've got to um, look after the children, so I can't do this work. But actually, by identifying clear chunks of time when I can Mm. focus on work, and it's okay not to focus on work when I'm at home with the children, Mm. actually removed a lot of the stress. Yes, that, that I was finding through that. I remember in my yeah. very first job at Barclays, I remember seeing that my manager had a very busy job and I said to him, how do you cope? And he said, it's airtight containers. <laughs> and so he has a focus on work when he's at work and a focus on home. And I try and think of that, but I chunk it into, you know, hours of the day. So 9.30 to 11.30, I'll try to do the work yes. that I'm doing, which is uh, corporate finance. And then, you know, 12 till 1 is walking the dog. <laughs> yes. But then 2 till 3 is cooking the supper because my children are yes. 10 and 13 and after school is busy yes. busy but let's not forget between 9 30 and 1 you're actually also on call yes which yes. he didn't have yes that's right. egg, yes. airtight container i know yes mine's um, a bit leaky my, yeah, my seal yes, that's right. <laughs> my seal and my tupperware has gone 
So, yes. yes, I mean, the first, I think in your mind, if you get your priorities, so your priority is to be available for the children, say, if it, if it can be, and then you hope to get some work done as well. That's the way I, I yes. see it. And I'm lucky enough to have jobs where I can I can do that. Uh, but it, it, you, I think it is it's very demanding trying to juggle, trying to work, trying to look after children or elderly parents yes. and just yes. keep keep Emotionally demanding. Mm. which is not always present in the, the emotions actually are much yes. more draining than you experience in the workplace, I yes. think. But if you're looking at uh, building, how do you go, where do you go from building your confidence back? Mm. So, mm. Um, and there are other, you know, s- s- huge illness issues people might have had. Mm. So they can't try and juggle, oh, I better keep my personal skills up mm. and keep track of it, everything, you know, because life takes you on, on different journeys. But... Um, I've had somebody say to me, I couldn't come to your Pondera talks because I haven't got the confidence or anything to join in the discussion. Mm. And I run my talks very interactively, precisely to do that. And actually she did come, which I was really pleased about. And she joined in the discussion and in fact is going to give a presentation in one of our future series because Mm. that's the other benefit that we use is that a way of people enhancing their skills, they can come and give a presentation. So I've had a lawyer who's never presented before Mm. Uh, give a Ponzera talk, in fact, on Brexit. Um, (laughs) I've had somebody who'd been through my Return to Work (laughs) programme, went into the charity sector and was going to go on Radio 4 for the charity appeal. Mm. So she came and gave a Pondero talk about her charitable work Mm. and what it was doing beforehand. So that benefited us because we learned something extremely interesting and it benefited her because it gave her the, the confidence and the presenting skills. So I always try and build in ways around that. Um... When you think about jobs that are available, um, people may be aware 15% will be on the open market. Only 15%? Only 15%. 60% will be hidden and 25% will be opaque, so through social networks or um, Are they allowed to do that? Are they allowed to? I thought you had to recruit, advertise openly all the time. I don't mm. know on the legal side of that, yeah. but generally, you know, or if you were in a business networking group and they said, oh, I'm looking mm. for a marketing yeah. salesman, you say, well, I have just been trained in digital social yeah. media marketing. Oh, well, there's a fit. Let's try it out. A lot of jobs mm. actually happen like that. So if you are thinking or starting to think about going back to work, go to conferences. Mm. Unfortunately, they often happen in the evenings mm-hmm. but, and they're not always child-friendly times. But uh, And they're quite expensive, aren't they? No, there, there are free free ones oh, okay. and things, but you do, would need to set a budget. So that would be my mm. big I, biggest recommendation is to set a sort of back-to-work plan budget, mm. um, not least that you possibly need to, to find a back-to-work outfit or yeah. something that, mm. and what are people wearing in the workplace versus <laughs> when we stopped uh, yes. you know, 15 years ago or so. Yes, yeah. Um, what are they wearing? Travel, actually, you know, it's more fl- it's more relaxed, I think, now, isn't it? So well, I'm suits. not a, I am not an expert on this, but there is a fantastic organisation called SmartWorks, which was set up, and the idea being that people donate their designer work wear that they are no longer using, but it's still very good quality and in good condition. And um, people who are going for interview, uh, going returning back to the job market, mm-hmm. go to them. And they will equip them free with a, an interview outfit. They'll also give them a bit of coaching to help um, the journey. All right. And then once they get the job, they actually also help them build a work wardrobe ah. through that. So there's an article on our resources page that SmartWorks have written for us about how people would go about doing that and what they offer. Oh, so um, and they've just I just read about that in the Waitrose magazine, I think, that they uh, John Lewis and Martin Spencer have launched some, or maybe, anyway, some capsule wardrobe, and if you buy something, they'll donate the same thing to SmartWorks. Oh, so that's they're building amazing. It up so it's new. Uh, I don't know how you qualify for it, though, <laughs> uh, yes. for, for actually accessing those clothes. But Oh, accessing the clothes. Developer. So you need to be show that you are on, um, you've been put forward for interview either mm. through a job centre or through a recruitment company. So yeah. if, I were, if someone were in touch with me and that we were tracking what they were doing, what their interview progress was doing, etc., I could then... Uh, refer them on to SmartWorks mm. through Career Break People, for example. Oh, but it good. needs to yes. be through an organisation. You can't just yes. turn up as an individual and say, I'm doing okay. I'm, 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 I'm doing this. I've got a party. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm getting dressed as an office worker. <laughs> yes, yes, that's <laughs> yes. But again, going back to the... Spirit. So, yeah. 
what what you were saying about the jobs available thing that's really interesting i've not heard that so only 15 percent you'd see on a recruitment website what was Mm. the 60 percent was it uh well hidden by word of mouth and things like that so yeah so really Mm -hmm. uh go out i'd also say if there's something you really want to do but are feeling very rusty find something that you don't quite want to do and use it as a practice so maybe Mm. go to a conference or something where you're not that but if you're nervous about meeting people again and getting back into it, maybe set yourself a goal. Mm. I'm going to talk to five people and get their business cards or 10 people, mm. whatever target you want to set. Mm-hmm. So that when you go to the one you actually want to do, you're not learning how to meet people, how to get back in the game. You're actually really focusing on the job, mm. on the job that you want. Oh, that's well. that's really good. So the but the, the 60%, so it's just through word of mouth or I through yes, that's my, people? Yeah, and networking. Mm. There are a lot of support groups or look yeah. out there and... Facebook groups as well. Mm. You need to make sure your LinkedIn account is. Uh, I think LinkedIn's really up important. Today. It's really yeah. important. But there's a lot of free LinkedIn training that you can sign up for. Oh, really? Rather than there's a lot you can subscribe for, but usually the first thirty days are free. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, digital skills are often daunting because the workplace has changed a lot. If even in the last five years, yeah. um, it's constantly changing. So we had a talk by Fiona Handley of Brighton University about the digital skill set that's needed and there are um, free websites out there and the Duke of York has started um, a scheme similar to the Duke of Edinburgh scheme but for digital learning and so you get uh, employer recognised certificates through it's all free and you can choose whether it might be social media marketing whether you it's office skills based I think they um, also have one for podcasting and for mm. um, entertainment and what have you. <laughs> Look that one out there. <laughs> um, so what, what is so, part of a digital, what is a digital skill set? Well, I won't claim to be an expert. <laughs> How an would expert I know if I had one? <laughs> on a, well, I would suggest going to, and I need to give you, I'll give you the name of it. Okay, I'll a, say it a, at the end. Take. Yeah. Um, and you can look at the badges and they, mm-hmm. they've designed it with that in mind. Yeah. Um, and then you can work out which path you want to, to take. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are STEMs or um, so science, technology, engineering, maths based, there's mm. a huge demand for people returning um, in that area. Teaching, obviously, mm. um, is another one. There's a lot of digital media marketing, mm. Uh, mm. which returning women uh, are doing as well. And also coding is quite an easy easier one to, to get into You're from talking home. to a linguist here. Uh, coding fills me with fear. Well, my husband did his PhD on neural networks with a linguist. So he's an electrical engineer and she was a linguist because oh, right. it all feeds into the, yes. same, the same thing. So actually being a linguist wouldn't exclude mm. you these days. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Scary stuff. Well, I suppose um, it's just a maths language, isn't it? Coding. Well, that's right. Mm. But, but you need to decide whether you want to, are you just working to earn some money? Do you need the social interaction mm. with that? Are you happy being at home all day as well? You know, you drop the children off, you're at home all day. Mm. How are you going to develop a professional network within that mm. and, and then come back? So people, and we, when we do our return to work workshops, really focus on people's motivations mm. uh, for, for going back to work and returning to work. And what do you find they are, people's motivations? Why do they want to do it? They differ. I mean, there is no no one standard thing. What we often find surprising is that people will have been working in small jobs or part-time jobs, but not consider themselves as working mm. because it's not the traditional career linear progression uh, piece that there is. Some people um, want to go back for financially. Some people think they need to go back for themselves mm. to keep their minds active and to, to get some professional recognition again. Mm. Um, yeah, so completely quite a range quite a yes range. yes and going back to you when you set up career break people or going back to you before what were you doing before you had children so I'm a chemical engineer by mm. training um and I did um a master's and PhD in London then I was working at Forley SO's Forley refinery um so blending petrol if you like mm. Um, and a when mixologist, I, a petrol mixologist. Well, <laughs> not, not really. That makes me sound like a bartender. It does yes. sound exciting. Yes, I think you should say but, that in uh, future. But it was so long ago that if people remember Four Star Petrol, mm. one of the major projects I was a lead engineer on was the the one to lead replacement petrol. Oh right. Um, and so, mm-hmm. so it is quite a while ago uh, that I stopped <laughs> <laughs> um, doing that. Uh, so I worked down the refinery and I was also on council of the Energy Institute 
attitude and things. And I thought, well, when I have my first one, uh, I knew I wanted to take an extended break, but I would keep going with some of my external volunteering jobs in a professional world. Um, but that was every child is different and mine wasn't having any of that. And <laughs> um, and so I found it harder and harder to make meetings. So actually, I did stop my professional uh, involvement in meetings mm. um, and things like that along the way. Uh, my second son was a bit more chilled and the third one was a handful again in a different way but but great so anyway so now I have an 18 a 16 and a 12 year old mm. uh, and your 18 year old has just just gone away he has yeah. just uh, started in fact chemical engineering as well at Manchester <laughs> um, so I was interested to hear your empty nesting podcast yes yes uh, uh, about that how and did how did you find it uh, take him off well, nothing prepares you for it. It is mm. different. Uh, and I think I overcompensated by sending him out with so much dry food <laughs> that his room was bursting. Um, mm. Mm. But great. But it's, yeah. it's really nice that he's finding his feet and he's following his path and what he wants to do. Yes. Um, and, so. and how are you finding it without him around? Well, actually, he's been asked to sail for his old school and various things. So he's coming back quite a lot at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is it is different, yeah. uh, and I think as the year goes on, it will get emptier. Mm. I've still got a room with a lot of stuff that needs sorting out for him. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. It's interesting you were saying about the dry food because you it makes you you know mothering to mother is a verb, and you want to actively do things for them. But mm. when they're going off to university or leaving to start work, you can't actively do so much for them particularly not if they're at university because they don't want you doing well you'd stuff. hope that you'd sort of raise an adult as well that could do it but but you're yeah. right it's like you suddenly you have a job that's not there anymore mm. or 80 percent of it is not there because mentally you're still there for them and uh, yes yeah they don't want you to stop doing things um helpfully like ferrying them around if they're not driving and uh <laughs> yeah. transporting things so they're not fully independent although some mm. would argue uh, they were, but it but it is quite interesting that suddenly this job that you've been doing for the eight, past eighteen years, eighty percent of it's not there. Mm, mm. Um, yes, it's uh, your your brain's still on the job, but there's nothing for you to do really. You know that you you're still thinking about your child, yes. but there's yeah there's no no requirement for you. You're it's you're literally redundant yeah, <laughs> for yeah, a while. Yes, poor job. At least you've got two more to focus on now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, no, that's right. And how old were they when you set up uh, Career Break People? Um, so in 2008, my husband set up his business and I helped him a bit on that. And then I set up Career Break People in 2015. And so my eldest would have been 14. My youngest would have been nine. Right. And how did you find the time? How did you make the time to Well, do I prioritised the boys. So I always said that that was the the main piece. And then I suppose it was more in the school day mm -hmm. that I was doing career break people and what fitted around. I do it a lot locally. So the Pondero is a Winchester Pondero series now. And uh, I'm starting to think that it's it's working. It's great. People are the comments coming back from people are just fantastic um, mm. and really inspiring. And so now I'm looking if people would like to start a Pondero series in their areas mm. and start to grow the business that way rather than trying to, to grow a huge Winchester mm. group. Um, but I kept it local and I kept it small. Mm. And, and then a couple of times when I wasn't at home working. So I think I was in the House of Lords for one of the first uh, events somebody invited me to. And just typically my middle son whacks his head on the side of a swimming pool, <laughs> having heard nothing from school for weeks. Um, and there's, there was nothing I can do. They were very good and hung on to him until until I could get back. So, <laughs> and his brain's nearly recovered now, brain, and that's yes. absolutely fine. It's fine. It doesn't mind at all that you weren't there. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. But I did very much uh, design it around school, and I flex it. The talk series are during the day. All our workshops mm. are during the school day. I don't run things in the evenings. I don't run things in the very... Early mornings, mm. uh, and we and I do that deliberately so that people can pro keep prioritising their children. Um, I know there are organisations, and they'll run return to work conferences, um, but they start in London at eight or nine o'clock in the morning, mm. Mm -hmm. and well, maybe that's a way to get mothers to adjust to being back <laughs> in the in the workplace. Yes. But actually, there are other things you can do to yes. to encourage. Yes. 
And people. what sort of stories have you got back from people then who have been to the talks or what experience do you have of people getting back into work? What have they told you? So I've had um, a lawyer who came to the talk series for a time and she said that she found them inspiring and also gave her something completely different to think about and she's gone back uh, and is retraining in London to do a completely different career as, mm -hmm. as a result of doing that. What's, what um, she's swapping to? Well, she's yeah. retrained for uh, garden design and the science behind garden design oh, right. and, and landscaping and things oh. like that. And how did she um, get that idea? Was it from just she discovered she liked gardening at home? Or? You'd need to ask her. Okay. <laughs> it's so different. A bit more yeah. um, mm. about that. Um, we ha I had one person in uh, a return to work and uh, we get people to talk about their whole timeline mm. and what they've done and their motivations and understanding it. And she had attached n very little value to what she'd been doing with her children, etc. And by the end of the workshop, it was quite an emotional workshop, actually. Mm. And she said, you made me realise and understand the value of what I had been doing and gave me the confidence to go forwards mm. and develop and move forwards mm. um, from that. It's interesting what you said there, because I recently uh, read, well, I dug my CV out and blew off the cobwebs and updated the Word version it was in <laughs> from <laughs> yes. 1993 to now. And it was, first of all, it was interesting to read back on what I had been doing, because I'd written down everything I'd done in my London Chamber role. But it was, uh, I was just looking for non-executive director roles, which I've now realised I can't do because I don't have enough sector specific experience but looking at it trying to translate all the skills you've done into something that a recruiter could look at and think that was valuable is very tricky but what you're saying I'm quite encouraged by these 60% or whatever of jobs that are just in social networks because you can or LinkedIn because you can start connecting with people on LinkedIn and showing interest yeah. in that line of work or topics and, and getting to know people and when they know you they can see that you're valuable but mm -hmm. on paper it's because you don't have yeah. your linear thing yeah. that I have gradually gone up the uh, you know greasy career path that quite yes. a lot of people will just write write you yeah. off in terms of recruiters who've only ever worked well and also today so it's 25% through no social networks and 60% yeah. through actually meeting face-to-face -face and uh, really networking but mm. um the other thing as well that is different is the majority of CVs are automatically read. Oh, really? So ah, there are yeah. things, and so not to tabulate your CV because that affects oh. how the computer reads it. What do you mean, tab? What tab? You have it in a table, a in different oh. cells in a table. So there would be just how you format the CV so to make it readable. Oh. So don't um, put it in the table. Don't put it in a oh, table, okay. yeah. which. Yeah. Uh, do some people have, do that? Yes, I oh, would have right. done that. Oh, I see. Oh, so, okay. okay, just to I help the bullet form, help it oh, help okay. the layout and things. But, oh, okay, okay. Uh, so and yes, so it is much harder on a piece of paper to actually yes. show what kind of a person you are and how it's uh, developed. But yes, absolutely to be using at LinkedIn, etc. But you have to then allocate time to do that. Yes, yes. Um, and it's mm. a respected way of use of your time, mm. which. Mm. We might think, oh, well, that's just f twiddling around. But if you think about it, actually, I'm going out there in a virtual professional network. Yes. Reframe yeah. it. Rethink of it in your mind. You know, perhaps it sounds silly even at home, but, you know, put a work suit on. So just <laughs> you change your mindset mm -hmm. um, as well while you're doing it. Yes. Yes, it is. A, it's a whole project trying to get yourself back into work if you if you have had a chunk of time out. But as you say, if you've carried on with voluntary work along the way, then that generally leads to something else, you know, that you can and you've met so many people along the way that, that hopefully this is what I'm hoping you'll yes. you'll meet people who will then know someone who needs a, a, a you know, who needs a role filling and they'll know that you can do this, this and this. Yes, that's right. And just keep your network up. Mm. which can be hard when you're in the midst of mothering yes. with everything else uh, to do that. But there are ways to... to um... I, th I think one of the worrying developments coming in is that uh, we're learning so much about the importance of sleep. And I've always relied on not getting so much sleep in order <laughs> to get everything done. <laughs> yes. And now not only do I have to get everything done, but I have to do it in an amount of time that means I also I sleep you so I sleep. don't get dementia and die when I'm 60 or something because I've had no sleep in the meantime. So it's it's a real juggling act to try and fit everything in, to be prioritising children, but also working on your 
maybe your voluntary work, trying to get back into work as well. And then perimenopause hits as well. So we've had several um, <laughs> talks about the perimenopause oh, where you yes. do uh, lose your sleep as well. So oh, do you? Oh, well, that's quite convenient then. Yes. <laughs> maybe yes. it works. So biologically, maybe You don't it's need it anymore. To, uh, yes, you don't yes, need it. You don't need it. But we, I mean, things like the perimenopause, talk, on a serious note, I, we do incorporate that into our talks as a way mm. to help people understand. So we've got a talk next week um, and she's discussing managing and how you can change your diet, your lifestyle to help manage it and make it more um, achievable to continue with life as you would want it to mm. go on rather than just always resorting to HRT or, yes. um, or other things. So one other talk we did was science behind anger and then we ran subsequent workshops for managing anger within families and that was with parents and the children yes but the, the theory and the techniques are exactly the same whether you're in the workplace or whether you're at home yes. So you've done two things you've benefited your family you've benefited yourself and you've benefited your future work yes Those three things so are you talking uh, that would feed into a skill set on a, a cv of absolutely saying, i've worked on this and i've worked on that yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the non-technical training that i've undergone mm. to, to move me in this uh, direction well i wonder whether the work fate in place will move more in the way of schools schools are starting to recognize non-academic qualifications so competencies and character are coming out as what employers of young people are looking for they're looking for character have you built your character doing this that and the other rather than just got really good results so I would have failed on that because I had really good results but <laughs> didn't have time to build my character in the meantime and whether I, th I think one one of the problems I found with recruiters in the past is that people think in order to do a job you must have done that job for the last 10 years ever increasing in, mm. in you know in ability I'm trying to say to someone, well, actually, I've not done this job, but this the, the content of the job, I can learn the content. Yes. It's the approach yeah. and the ability to manage time yeah. and so on, which, which I have been working on outside. I think work. also that's a, um, a male-female thing. So I think it said that a woman will only apply for a job if she feels she can take 100% of the requirements mm. that are listed as the job requirements, whereas a man will think, well, I can do 60 to 80% of that. I'll, I'll give it a go. Mm, mm. Um, and absolutely, if you've always done that job and you're applying for the same job, then where's the progression in that? You know, people have to take that leap of yeah. faith and the, the boldness. So maybe that's a female trait that we need to let a little bit go of as yes. well. Um, but I think certainly when I was working in recruiting, we were looking at the rounded individual and what mm. else they had to offer. And it was almost taken for granted that they could do the technical work. Mm, mm. And what else was there about the person? But perhaps... Now, there's a lot been so much emphasis on can you do the technical work? Can you do the coding? Can you do the um, requirements of the job that perhaps maybe the non-technical skills had been lost a little, which is why there's this dearth of empathy or mm, mm. why perhaps when we were all trained to be leaders and now they're looking for team workers. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yes. keep up. So, yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'm in the workplace is ever-evolving as mm. well. And I think just to... But keep in mind that it's fine to evolve. You mm. don't have to be that person that you once were. And in fact, you're possibly a stronger mm. person now. And somebody wrote to me and said, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was immensely employable. She said, mm. but I was as dippy as anything. You know, why, what did I know? Mm. And I was getting these. And she said, and now I'm trying to return. And I've got this wealth of additional knowledge and skill set. Mm. But why is it so much harder? Mm. Have you got any sense of what the recruitment market's like if you are trying to get back into it? Better, better mm. than it was. Um, and there is a good site, Women Returners, uh, mm. here in the UK. And I relaunch, I would say, is their, their equivalent in the States. And right. they advertise. So a returners programme is a little bit like people might know as a graduate type program so you could would come in for three months there's no guarantee of a job at the end of it but they will give you on the job training mentoring um etc it works two ways they get to know you you get to know them and you might get a, a job offer at the end of it and the hope yeah. is that it would work for both there's supported hiring now as well which is there is a guaranteed job offer but you're very much supported you're not expected to be running 100% from day one mm. they understand that you need training in the digital skills mm. in the developments that have happened yeah. in the workplace perhaps that you've left mm. um, the flexible working market that mm. has you know considerably uh, increased job sharing as well is 
becoming more and more recognised mm. as a successful thing to do. So I'd say there's been a, an awful lot, even in the last five years, of improvements mm. and recognition. I'd say my concern is that perhaps people are worrying about having to return to work too young mm. and mm. thinking, well, that person above me has gone back to work, so maybe I should go back mm. to work. And uh, when, in fact, they they might have taken a longer break mm. um, to do it. In fact, there was an article I read this morning saying... My children have just started school now. I'm redundant, mm. implying their mothering job had been done. They didn't have a job in the workplace, so so what did they do? Whereas yeah. actually, while your children are still small at school, you've got an awful lot yes. um, to do at that point. So I would say employers need people who have taken long career breaks are incredibly courageous mm. to step off that ladder, not have your own source of income, and be raising. <clears throat> and there's a lot of strength uh, in those people that mm. you can draw on and bring out into the into the workplace yes yes well just to sum up at the end then what would you say to someone who hasn't really planned a career break but find discovers they are actually on a career break <laughs> rather yes. than that they are a stay-at-home mother or primarily at home full-time um just to to remind us all what would you say you should be focusing on during that time or what can you do if you're in the long run thinking you might go back into paid employment but you're on your break now you're on and your you're break going to carry moment. on and it's quite long. So, yeah. so well, if you're near Winchester, come to our Pondero <laughs> Pilates for the Minds Talk series. Um, just keep reading as mm -hmm. well. Um, anything, I would say, you know, even if you don't know anything about a technology or what's going on or political, just keep your mind active. Go to... Um, go to talks, subject talks mm. and things. Take yourself out of your comfort zone. What does that feel like? There's no commitment there from you. Yes. Um, start trying to log down what you've actually done over your five, six, two, three-year breaks. Is your, is your well. skill set thing that you talk about, is that a downloadable form or something that you can send to people? You talk about doing a skills it log. It is. It's a downloadable. So we have a hard copy log, but also a downloadable one. So if people uh, go to our website um which is which is um careerbreakpeople.co.uk um mm -hmm. and they look for the on the front page there's a button that people can select personal skills lock and then that's a downloadable mm -hmm. um pdf that they can fill in themselves and do that and, and we would do mentored support if people want some support filling that in and things like that we we also offer that so please do email us <laughs> yeah <laughs> with any additional support that, that you want so yes it doesn't need to be structured you don't say in three years definitely i'm going back mm. there you could make a plan only mm. to rip it up but just start thinking about it yes um, yes and i think what you've um said before as well which i probably haven't emphasized enough is that a career break is not just a gap between the more important work <laughs> life yes. of work the career breaks the really important time when you're looking after your children and so on and then the work it, it's not just you know something to be dismissed that's really what you're doing you're doing something really focused which is looking after your children it's a deliberate yes. thing it's, it's a not, job it it's just job. happens to yeah. be an unpaid job and yes. a very poorly and I in fact I liked uh, the comment that your previous uh, podcast mentioned a professional parent mm. because that's what you are you are doing a job but it's a job that uh, if you didn't do it 10 other people would be paid you'd have the gardener the cleaner the chauffeur the cook those yeah. are all salaried jobs yes. and why are they respected around mm. your child and yet what you're doing as one person mm, mm. isn't so much. And it's also contributing to society and community. And people should remember that that has a monetary value. Well, a, Not a, a GDP value, no. but a monetary value. Well, a few years ago, the figure was £343 billion, I think it was. I'll double check that. But um, it's, it's billions. The amount that uh, people, unpaid people spend on caring for elderly people, mm -hmm. caring for sick people driving mm -hmm. people around, all that sort of thing. It's very, mm. it's very valuable. And to pay to replace it would cost more than, yes. <laughs> than well, to support the person doing it for free. Absolutely. Hospitals mm. relied a lot on volunteers and, mm. they, and those, are, those are disappearing. And mm. student volunteers are very transient mm. Mm. as well. So you, you might have a student who's volunteering for a year, but you've spent three or four months training them yes. to do that volunteering and then they're off and yes. somebody else comes in. Yeah. And they don't have, it's a different maturity, it's a different way of life mm. experiences that, that they're bringing. Mm. So I think really people must take that confidence away that they really are contributing to society. 
Great. Well, thank you very much, Ronnie. That's really. I hope people are encouraged <laughs> when they when they listen to it that uh, you know the time you're spending at home is it's very worthwhile. But you can also repackage that in a way that helps you think about the future and think think about getting into a job that you want to do at the time you want to do it. Absolutely. Thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you. Well, thank you to Ronnie Cloak-Brown from Career Break People for all her ideas and inspiration and encouragement there. One of the uh, organisations she mentions is the Digital Skills uh, Award from the Duke of York. And the website for that is idea.org.uk. So idea.org.uk. And that is about, uh, it's a program that helps you develop digital enterprise and employability skills for free. And they have a series of online challenges and events. So it's about um, getting industry recognised awards that help you stand out from the crowd. So I guess it's to help people uh, develop their digital skills. So have a look at that. And the other uh, one of the other things she mentioned was the Women Returners Network. Uh, so I took her up on that suggestion and um, contacted them. And they very kindly put an advert in their email newsletter for me because we were looking for a fundraising manager for the Moisey Foundation, which is the solar light charity that I help run. And we did. We had some excellent applications from a number of women who are looking at getting back into the workplace and have managed to to recruit someone. So I would recommend uh, having a look at the Women Returners Network if that's something you're looking to do and signing up for their newsletters, because they have quite a few really useful links and connections to big businesses that are looking to recruit women and get them back into the workplace. Well, thank you very much for listening today and downloading this podcast. Uh, If you'd like to follow me for new updates on Instagram and Facebook, I'm Mothers Matter Podcast. On Twitter, it's at Podcast Mothers. Uh, But I'm always happy to hear from people via email. The email is mothersmatter at outlook.com. And if you have any ideas for future podcasts or if any there's anything you'd like to talk to me about, then I'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Mothers Matter. Thank you to James Ede from Be Heard, who has done the audio production. And thank you to Mothers at Home Matter for all their support. If you have any positive comments, anything nice to say, please write to mothersmatter at outlook.com. If you feel it's really necessary, please send any constructive feedback to the same address, mothersmatter at outlook.com. And please do subscribe. I really, really would love it if you would subscribe. I'm hoping to do a number of very interesting interviews and to give a voice to mothers everywhere. My name is Claire Pay, and you've been listening to the Mothers Matter podcast. Thank you.